0: Hello and welcome back to Safe Space, the official Safe In Our World podcast. For those who don't know, the main goal of Safe In Our World is to create and foster worldwide mental health awareness within the video games industry. My name is Rosie, and today I'm joined by Nigel Tomasi from Myamada. Nigel is the co-founder of Myamada, which is a manga brand set within the universe of original characters and stories. He was recognized as a member of the Nationwide 56 Black Men campaign and is the genius behind Gamepad, which is this amazing community gaming event that we're going to talk a little bit about as well. However, most recently, Nigel has been behind the Do I Look Like a Gamer campaign, uh, which we're also going to talk about in this episode as well because it's been really exciting and just before we started the podcast we were talking about how weird it is that you can finally talk about it <laughs> so welcome <laughs> very <weird.
1: laughs> yeah very weird and thank you very much for having me no
0: it's a delight um for, for those listening would you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and hopefully i didn't i did you justice in the introduction as well <laughs>
1: yeah no, no that was good it's always uh it's, it's slightly uh off-putting for me to hear uh, people talk about me <laughs> it's like, oh yeah i did it's that like, oh and god then, praise oh, yeah, oh no <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what do i do with this how do i <laughs> uh, but um no, you, uh, you you captured it. So I'm um, the co-founder of uh, Myamada, a manga brand uh, that I created um, with a friend uh, to basically put our uh, our passion for storytelling and manga and anime and character creation into something that makes sense uh, as a brand. Um, so one thing that wasn't in the introduction, and it's not your fault because uh, I don't always say this, is uh, I'm a former software engineer. Oh, cool. So... Uh, and the reason I say that is because we didn't know what we were doing <laughs> uh, when we started this brand. So just for context, um, but what that means is that we learned as we went. And then as we started the the manga brand, uh, we also started uh, working with young people in uh, workshops, in schools, in colleges, youth hubs. And then also uh, came up with the idea for our video game event as a way to build a community around what we're doing. And that's kind of been a organic uh, path to, to what we do now. In terms of like the like the campaign and um, like the interviews and and things like that.
0: Lovely though, because I don't think anyone really starts out knowing what they're doing, and if they say that they do, I don't really believe them hundred percent. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's <a> fair point. <laughs> no, it's it's really good, and it, it's nice to see like the change that's happening as well. Because um, I was lucky enough to be a part of the the Do I Look Like a, Cam- a Gamer campaign as well, um, which was a delight because it was just so. Nice. And I, I don't want to go into too much detail now because I want you to explain the meaning <laughs> behind it as well. But it's cool. uh, it's really cool to to be a part of something like that. So thank you as well for letting me be be a little piece in it. No problem. So about you.
1: <laughs> yes. Ta- <tell> me, <laughs> all are
0: your darkest secrets know. Um ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna start off with an easy question and just ask you about what got you into games and, and what your favorite game is or your earliest memory of games.
1: Earliest, memory and Favour are two different answers. Oh, I know. I've asked so, like eight say, different
0: questions. I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So all right, let me. I'm going to unpack that. So um. Kind of. I guess what got me in. So I uh. I was around the uh original NES Nintendo Entertainment System. Mm-hmm. Um. And I had a game called Duck Hunt. Um. Which gave you a light gun, and uh. You were you were shooting ducks on screen fairly. Very straightforward, mm-hmm. but um that was quite amazing for me because uh I had a gun <laughs> and I was shooting at a screen and stuff was happening. Yeah. Um it wasn't anything beyond that. So I was like, <laughs> this is pretty cool. Um the that was one of my earliest memories. Another one was uh Alex kid in Miracle World. I don't know if you know of that game. Don't please tell me more. So this was a game that um, I think it scarred me Um, (laughs) because so it's like it was like a platformer Um, and I can't even remember too much of the game. But all I remember, it was very hard because if you get hit, you have to go back to the start of the game uh, and that was. Yeah, that was difficult for me to process. Like, I couldn't handle like that. so like,
0: horrible. I've seen clips of, of things like that happen to streamers before where they're just streaming a game and they don't realize that there's no save point. And so, <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it's like hours yeah.
0: of your time gone.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was hard to take as a young, <laughs> young child. It was, it was also... <laughs> yeah I know right <laughs> <laughs> um, as, it was also when I realized like um, um I don't think I'm good at games, <laughs> so uh that's not but you know I enjoy them, so that's kind of that's what all that matters uh, really got me in. yeah exactly um, but as for uh my favorite game, this has changed recently so i I think the my favorite game is God of War, so Yes! the, the re it's not quite a remake, the but 2018 the, the version. Latest one.
0: Oh my god, yeah. this makes me so yeah. happy because that's like one of my favorite games as well.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. I'm I'm in the right place then because I I think it's arguably the best game ever made. Yeah. Also. I d- yes. I said there.
0: this. So on um oh my gosh, I can't remember what award thingy it was, but everyone was arguing about the best game made. And I that was the one I said, and it was just no one else backed me up, apart from one other person. I Oh, think. really? Yeah. No, it's amazing. Oh, it's so you good. Have me, I know. But... <laughs> Why weren't you on <laughs> it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it is. Um, it is fantastic. It's just a p- amazing mix of like mechanics and narrative, just perfectly blended into a one shot camera <laughs> uh, experience. And yeah.
0: Yeah, I love the fact that it always kind of centralizes back to the character as well before it oh I could mm. talk about God of War for a long time <laughs> and it's like one of those games that I have a huge backlog of things to play and I'm like well I could play those or oh. <laughs> yeah. I could go back to God of War again <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah I'm, I'm yeah. with you I'm totally with Good. you on
0: that. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> you're so welcome to come back on the podcast
1: <laughs> yeah. it's done. It's already <laughs>
0: oh my god yes we'll do a deep dive on God of War
1: Um, oh we could definitely do that
0: (laughs) yeah I feel like for me as well it was one of the the first games that had like a narrative apart from the last of us that I'd actually got to play Uh, and it was one of the I think I'd watched someone else play it before I actually played it and it made me fall in love with the game because I saw all these people's reactions and was like I need to experience that even if it's going to be exactly the same um but yeah I don't know like Mm. How are you? How are you introduced no, it, to it? Were you originally a fan of the the first God of Wars?
1: Uh, so I hadn't really played them, and I remember when I saw the trailer, uh, the first trailer, like the reveal at E three, mm. uh, um, the PlayStation sh- showcase before they uh, abandoned it and abandoned E three, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I saw that and I was like, yeah, this looks pretty good. But I haven't played much of God of War, so I went back and played uh god of war 3 remastered mm-hmm. on the ps4 so like all right let me get into it i mean i know the character i've seen some of it um but i haven't really got into it let me uh catch up so i played the game i was like this is really cool it's, it's a nice like i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying the mechanics the just like you know going and smashing up uh like larger than life uh enemies mm-hmm. the story is cool so i'm like okay i know what this game is then i played the latest one so this is a different <laughs> game like this is a there is a narrative There is a deep layered narrative in this the mechanics are just fine-tuned so well but it was a narrative thing that that got me and how it's it's a story about a man becoming a boy well, he's already a father but a better yeah. father <laughs> um and maybe not calling your son boy, boy. All the time. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: oh man yeah and i feel a bit like a fraud because i've never actually played the first games but then again everyone's told me that you don't really need to because it's very different experience so
1: i very different yeah they're not the same games they're not in a bad i mean i think what they've done is is amazing and and better uh, as a game but it's not that the previous ones were bad they were just is a different game
0: yeah yeah for sure i always value a a good story element over everything else i think because that's Mm. Oh, I just love falling in love with the characters and, and getting really emotionally invested and then ultimately destroyed when something terrible happens, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
1: the yeah. magic of yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, although I, I will say, so obviously I'm looking forward to uh, Ragnarok, yeah. Um, I have a feeling that I'm going to be annoyed by Atreus oh. as he goes into the teenage phase. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just pointing out. No, I just, got I a agree.
0: It I be. think he's going to be terrible because he already showed his like really bratty side.
1: He, he, he did. I was, yeah, I was playing that game. I was like, you need to calm yeah. down. Like, Why are you yeah, so
0: angry? Nothing yeah. has happened.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I get it. Like you know, your dad's not always been the best, but <laughs> sometimes he yeah, just took it a bit too you know. far.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know he's a literal child, yeah. and he probably <laughs> child.
1: Yeah, right. Like, was like you need to, you know, fix up, dude
0: bless him. No, I hope that he uh <laughs> he stays true to his end of of God of War 18 self and yeah, you know. We'll see, I guess. Well, let's do another episode yeah. after we've both played Ragnarok and okay. uh and <laughs> analyze.
1: Yeah, we could do that definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Our feelings on fresh and as he grows oh up. Oh my gosh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so into it. <laughs> um moving slightly off uh, god of war although we obviously we could do a whole podcast on god of war
1: yeah we just turned this into a yeah, god of War. Oh, forget forget what i'm working I don't, on should we just do two episodes yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i have things to do today but you know what they're not as yeah. important <laughs> um what so hmm, what made you want to pursue a career in games because obviously you've, you've been passionate about games outside of, of work but what made you want to to make it as part of your job
1: yeah, it's an interesting question. Only because I, I don't know if I've ever considered myself as pursuing a career in mm-hmm. games. I think I've I've fallen into it uh, in a sense because, so like I said, we we started this brand. Um, so I was a software engineer. Um, we started this brand. Uh, I left my job and um, just thought, okay, we're gonna focus on this. Um, I, I didn't have the story of like everything was amazing. I was making so much money. It was more of a case of. I'm, I'm doing two things and I'm not doing them to the best of my ability. So I'm going to have to pick one mm-hmm. and where I was at life, I, I could take the risk of um, of going and, and seeing what would happen with this business if I focused on it. So as we sort of develop things, it was a case of, okay, we've got the manga brand, um, we're where new, we need something to, to build, like I say, build a community so that people can know us um, so we thought, okay, let's use video games because we like video games. Uh, a lot of people that have, you know, stopped by and checked out our brand, our comic convention, or an, another event, also like the video games. Let's use this. Let's use something people know to bring them to us, so they can then learn about our brand and hopefully stick around. Mm. That was the plan, and then we did that uh, for I think a, a couple of years, um, and then I. We were sponsored to do an event in the Grenfell area, and that was like to obviously with everything that happened there at, at the time, so This was was 2018, I guess. I think it's around yeah. that time, and it was just something nice, something positive in the area. So by that point, we had people who had come to our events before, so they would they would come. We had people in the local area who uh, sort of gotten free, and it was just like a nice mix of people by that point we'd also been doing like work experience or so having young people uh, do work experience at our events like college age uh, students and it was just like a, a mix of everything and it kind of refocused um, or just, yeah, reframed, like, the event of, of what it can be and the power of video games to promote inclusion and diversity. Because we had a mix of people. Like, some people consider themselves gamers. Some people wouldn't, just, like, families just coming and everyone was just, like, enjoying it. So I was like, ah, this this could be something in terms of, like, okay, how do we get different people to understand, like, gaming isn't whatever stereotype <laughs> you think it might yeah. be. It's something you can get involved with. You don't have to consider yourself a quote-unquote gamer, whatever that means. But then also for young people particularly young people from underrepresented backgrounds like just being aware of like you can you can work in this space you don't just have to be a consumer so I think from there then it's about how do we how do we do more with this and I think that's when I did start to pursue uh, things in terms of how do we get better at doing this providing opportunities how do we grow uh, into this space so I think that's kind of how it Uh, how i fell into it (laughs) it's nice
0: though because it's got such a sense of community attached to it that's is really important i think especially over the last two years i think the games community have kind of shown the power of how they can actually shape the future of the industry without being directly Mm. involved with it but like people listen like the games industry is huge and if enough people are talking about something change needs to happen (laughs) yeah yeah I, i love that Yeah, agreed um I want to talk a little bit about the the campaign that we were recently in. Um, mm. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about it now that you're fully free to do so. Um, yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, would you mind giving, giving those listening a little bit of context into what the Do I Look Like a Gamer campaign was about and why you're inspired to do it?
1: Yeah, so the inspiration came from uh, another campaign I was involved with, and you mentioned it in in uh, the really cool intro, the 56 <laughs> Black yeah. Men. Um, so I was uh, involved in this campaign which aimed to challenge a stereotype of black men in society, in the media. Um, so the the person who, respon- who was responsible for that, uh Williams, who I knew previously, so uh, I, I knew him, we, you know, we, we chat, we talk about different things that we're both working on. And he told me he's going to do this photo campaign. He told me the aims. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. I, so I don't like getting my photo taken, <laughs> um, but because it was, I like what he was doing. I, I already know him. I was like, yeah. That's cool. Just uh, do what you need to do. So it was a campaign where they had um, sort of various black men from different sort of areas, different industries, um, all take a photo with like uh, a hoodie on. So it was like a sort of close um, headshot. So he did that. Um, me thinking okay cool I've done it and that's it Uh, and then it took off and it was like it was everywhere I saw him on; he was on like ITV he was on Sky News and uh, talking about things like oh I didn't (laughs) expect that yeah he even um, he took a a few of us on the BBC so we went on the BBC to talk about it and I remember thinking like as we were doing this like this is cool is there something similar that um, that I could do like for this and I was thinking about video games and the stereotype of the word gamer and what that means for people particularly people um people of of color people from underrepresented backgrounds people of different um, gender identities it's like yeah there's a stereotype here is there something we can do because for me and going back to what I was saying about sort of working with young people is that for um when I was doing my work as a software engineer I'd I'd work in spaces that weren't too diverse weren't yeah. <laughs> like yeah we just weren't diverse at all and i i might be the certainly like the only black person in like the software engineering sometimes one of a mm-hmm. handful in the entire company and it was never it was never necessarily a problem um for me i didn't because it wasn't a um it wasn't like a negative thing or at least you know sort of on the surface i didn't yeah. see uh, i didn't see any negativity but once i started working with young people and seeing yeah. that if you don't see yourself represented, it's almost like a, a silent sign that like, this isn't for you, or at least that's how it's how it's taken. Yep. So it was only when I started working with young people that I saw the the power of sort of proper representation. Um so going back to like the inspiration is then I just seen like the success that uh, Seth has had with his campaigns. Like, is there something I can do? Uh, I mean, I don't know who he knows. He's had some crazy network of people. So I don't know if I could do what he, he did. But is there something where we can at least start a conversation uh, in this? Because like you say, video games is a massive industry. And I think there's a, a lot of people who don't even know they can be part of it. And it's not to say that everyone must, you must go and play games or you must work in video games. But at least know that that's an option for yeah. you. And then if you do want to pursue it, how do we make those pathways more inclusive? So we did this campaign. We were going to do it in, before the pandemic. So the idea was always to take uh, 40 people and be as sort of diverse as we were able to be. We had 40 people and then came the pandemic. And then like, I think two days before the photo shoots, I had to uh, tell everyone, send a like, text message say like, yeah, we can't oh. uh, do this. And then came the lockdown. So that really sucked. Yeah.
0: yeah um, Yeah, I feel like everyone has a story like that don't they where it's like yeah we were about to do something amazing and then COVID happened and we couldn't do any of it for it it. (laughs) yeah
1: it was in limbo um but I I think the sort of silver lining on what's been a a dark cloud is is that from from that point I was able to talk to more people in the games industry and I think we soon after we joined Yuki's raise the game Mm -hmm. Um, pledge um, we turned our physical gamepad online uh, sorry physical gamepad event into an online version and then I started doing interviews with uh, different people in the industry about their role their journey to their position as a way uh, again to showcase like you know these are different people in different roles so if you're that young or aspiring person you can see you might see yourself or you might see someone you you that looks like someone you know um So that allowed us to speak to more people and then it it gave more scope to the idea for the campaign beyond the photo campaign because I'm always mindful of um, sort of like doing things and showing sort of that highlighting that visibility in terms of representation but then also doing things that provide opportunities for people to learn Mm -hmm. and develop so then the ideas for like the events that we're planning at the moment that came about during the pandemic Uh, and I think at least put my optimistic uh hat on looking back it would be a better campaign and it would have been had we had done it before the uh, pandemic
0: yeah i mean i also think that in some ways the pandemic opened out gaming to a lot of people who weren't previously a part of it and so it might have actually in some yeah. ways really helped that um especially for you know a lot of people were just stuck inside for, for the you know for the most part of yeah is the only thing you can do yeah exactly and and a lot of people i know got back in for nostalgic reasons because they played games as a kid and then kind of just forgot about it for 10 years or whatever mm-hmm. and then were like oh cool i can do this again i have time to do this
1: to do it yeah. yeah
0: i think i mean i think it's brilliant i think it's had such a an amazing response and it's so important because like you say if you don't see someone who looks like you and feel like you can relate to, how much more daunting is it then to then pursue a path in mm. in a career like that? Like I was talking to someone about imposter syndrome, and they mentioned an oh, article. Yeah, we could talk about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it was that was really interesting because they were like, a lot of the time it's societal issues pushing on people to say like look around you you don't belong here because there's no one else who looks like you so why would you fit in and that's like a huge part of imposter syndrome for a lot of people in marginalized communities which Mm. i think was fascinating um and i wondered what your thoughts were on that as well
1: yeah no i i agree and and like i said i at least consciously it it didn't necessarily impact me being in a space where i was the only um, black person in in the department but it just became apparent, like I said, I repeat the point about working with young people and and seeing that because it, it's like a, I don't even know how to describe it, but you want to you want to feel like you belong somewhere, yeah. right? Like wherever that may be, and I think sometimes the the way, sort of like a company might set up their their procedures, their hiring procedures, their their workplace culture, is with the mind of a particular type of perspective, The straight white man. Is, <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a labeler like, yes <laughs> so and <laughs> which in it in itself is not because I can understand it. like I can understand if, if if you're the majority, you you might not have that thought. but I think where we are now with such uh, I mean, I'd say this in London, which is uh, quite a quite diverse place, I think with such a with such diversity that does exist and especially with games with the diversity of consumers uh, that exists in the space, it just requires that, okay, I'm gonna step out of myself and say, if we want more people in this, more people from different backgrounds, we're going to have to do something different. So that means we can't just take it from our own perspective and apply that and assume that everyone must fit into that because people are coming from different different lives, different family situations, different, yeah, just different uh, incentives and and everything. so it it does mean you. It's, it's almost incumbent on people to, to be aware of that and, and make some changes so that the people you claim to serve in terms of like, you know, once it's time to market a game, uh, you know, companies know exactly the demographics yeah. that are buying. They know where to go to sell the game. Can we do the same thing in terms of like, how do we get people to help us produce these games? And I think, so I, I think there's a, a moral case for like more diversity. It, um, you know, I, Preaching to the choir to explain that to you, but then also, you know, we talked about story, and I think it's like the thing about story is like being able to see from the perspective about for, of someone else, yep. and I think to get more interesting, better stories, it just requires different perspectives, and you get different perspectives from different people. So it just there's a business case as well to make better stories to make a better product.
0: Yeah, exactly, and like yeah. that's almost ca- case in point with um, the amazing reaction from Spider-Man Miles Morales is because like you know people finally Mm. saw they could play as someone who they felt like they could relate to and look like which is amazing because for the most part a lot of games don't have black protagonists or people who you can actually play that aren't white which sucks (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah I mean I I just think it's so important and I also kind of wanted to go back to What you said about the the word gamer um and how Mm. you kind of feel like it some people shy away from it which i admit i probably do a little bit as well maybe not consciously (laughs)
1: okay
0: um there is a certain stigmatization around the word gamer and i'm trying to like actively learn or unlearn the, the negative associations with that in my head um especially because as a woman i felt like when I was growing up, if you told people that you gamed, they were like, well, that's just for boys. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know? So then it was like, oh, you can't say you're a gamer. Like, just say that you like play the Sims or whatever. I don't know. Like, it's, it's so strange. (laughs) It's so strange. And obviously now I'm like, if you play games, you can be a gamer. If you don't want to be considered a gamer, that's fine too. But just like, Mm. it's a game. (laughs) It's fine. It it doesn't matter what you play or who you are. um, it shouldn't have a negative connotation but alas
1: <laughs> it yeah it it does and it so i i tell you a, a story is that before i think before i had the idea so maybe after i'd done the the 56 batman campaign and been in that and before having an idea for this campaign um i had a conversation with someone uh, so a uh, conversation around life insurance. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure how I got there, um, <laughs> <Okay>. but <laughs> having a conversation with someone who sells life insurance. So we're, ha- we're having the, you know, what do you do and uh, and all that. So I, I told her that I, you know, I have my own business and, you know, we we make comic books and uh, we work in, in video games. And um, she she said, I can't remember the exact phrase, but I do remember a word she used. like, aren't all video gamers, aren't all gamers bums? I remember wow. she said the word bums. Um and I, I was like, as you can imagine, I was struck by that. Um, I, I thought she was joking. So I, I explained, no, that's kind of, you know, that's that stereotype doesn't uh, hold up. And this is where gaming is is now. But as we were talking, I was like, oh, no, you you actually, you're, like what I'm saying isn't go- getting in. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> isn't, she, like, she isn't really through, you think, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because it's not even like, I don't want to say like just because people are old that, they can't understand because she was young, so it wasn't even like she was. She was old in a different generation and stuff. She was, uh, I don't think. I, shouldn't, I mean, my thirties, so she was around the same age uh, as me. I was like, oh, so this is this stereotype still holds? It's not. It's not necessarily been just phased mm-hmm. out. And uh, I think that was another kind of consideration in terms of, ah, uh, yeah. If, if 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 this stereotype still holds, it means like people are being either sort of marginalized, like you brought up, or just being prevented from knowing that this is something you can do because of that negative stereotype of the sort of white teenage boy alone uh, in uh, in his room yep. being antisocial playing video games that's just just not what it is um <laughs> exactly. so yeah that was another incentive in terms of okay how how can we help change this
0: I know. I love talking to people who, who kind of think the same way in that and then presenting the concept of the Wii <laughs> to them being like, hey, mm. do you have a Wii in your house? And they're like, oh yeah, we love the Wii. I'm like, interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. It's like you, you, you do all the things, but you don't necessarily like say, I- I'm not a gamer, but I play Candy Crush or I-, I have a Wii. Yeah, we play the Wii all the time. I'm not a gamer though. Because when people say that, it's like it's the stereotype. It's like, I'm not the stereotype. That's what it's saying. Yeah,
0: and you don't see the same thing in, in film or TV or anything like that. People are like, Oh my god, yeah, I binge watch this thing. And that's totally fine. Mm. But then if you're like, Oh my god, I spent all weekend playing the new whatever yeah. game. Um
1: You've you've wasted your time. Yeah,
0: and I don't understand that because it's it's more uh, it's more like your brain is actually doing something when you're <laughs> when you're playing a game mm. rather than watching TV, I feel like, because you're you know, actively getting involved. But also mm it doesn't if if you're enjoying yourself it's not a waste of time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to be miserable all the time seen,
1: <laughs> all the time yeah as we've seen over the pandemic is uh, video games has, have been a valid way to for people to enjoy uh time and uh, i'm i'm glad that more people have seen that so it's like how do we keep that? yeah going? i
0: mean have you seen like in your your own circles of more people being like open to talking about video games as a positive thing
1: yeah, I think I caught up with some friends from university and um, the topic of video games came up and one of them surprised me because he was like, oh, actually, we don't watch much TV, but we play a lot of video games. They mentioned uh, mentioned God of War, they mentioned uh, The Last of Us and just playing through that, like, like him and his wife were playing through it and they were just enjoying the story. And yeah, that actually surprised me because I was like, "Oh, okay." I didn't necessarily make, here's my bias. Like, <laughs> I didn't expect uh, didn't expect you to say that because you don't necessarily work in in video games or anything adjacent mm-hmm. to that. So I didn't expect that kind of uh, open, like, positive um, response. And just in some other friends through the pandemic have been sort of picking up uh, different games as well. So I think it's it it, it it's getting there. It's, it's just uh, I think on a societal level. The, the thing still holds of like games are a waste of time and um yeah you, you can't sort of make money doing that which is crazy but yeah uh, no, it's actually more profitable then,
0: than everything <laughs> but, yeah okay yeah
1: um but i think that the place where it really does need to change uh, and the challenges with oftentimes with parents and particularly parents from uh underrepresented backgrounds where the there are, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, but there are the, the few kind of you know uh, safe like doctor, lawyer, accountant, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Um, I have had many conversations around that, and um, that that does hold true. So it's how do you change that? Because you know you can get a, it's not too difficult to get a young person into the idea of wanting to work in video games. But then if the, the parents' family are like, that's a waste of time, you're not doing that. That that cuts all that off. So I think during the pandemic, seeing i guess more people more families take part in gaming is a positive thing because then hopefully it allows people to see that oh okay this is this is a thing i can i can see this and if i have better understanding of the industry and the roles that exist then i can support sort of my young person my uh my my child my family member into this knowing that there is a career here rather than a perception of you just wasting your time alone in your room playing video games yeah
0: i think people think that when you say you work in games it's like oh so you just play games all day it's like no yeah (laughs) that's
1: not (laughs) quite it but okay (laughs) you probably play less games right
0: i have so many games that i really want to play and i'm like i just don't have time like i know i could probably do it as part of my job but also i have stuff to do (laughs) yeah i found myself being quite proud of of my friends who have like told me that they've started playing games like the last of us as well. Like, one of my friends said to me, mm. they started watching their friend play it. And I was just like, Oh my God, I'm so proud yes. of you because usually you, know, <laughs> you don't, you're not really bothered by any of that. You just want to play the same game over and over again, which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, But yeah. And then they really got really invested in it and wanted to talk to me about the story. And I was just like, it's so nice. I don't usually cool. get that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's positive. It
0: is positive. I mean, what, do you see like um in your in your own connection to mental health and games like what what do you see that connection being for i guess and how it's progressed since you first started playing games and mm. and now
1: yeah so the like the mental health connection is uh, is a really interesting one because it has developed since the pandemic mm-hmm. um i think before it and Going back to God of War, not to turn this into a God no, of War podcast. But please go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but I mentioned like that that blend of mechanics and story. And I don't know how you felt, but for me I, I felt I just remember playing that game, it just felt like such a release. Mm-hmm. Just it just it was such a satisfying game. Like the way they've done the mechanics to um like the axe. Um
0: Yeah, like it really felt like you, like you were like, throwing it, you know. It sounds yeah, really silly and catching but like you, with the the way that it was built into the the controller as well it like felt you've actually felt like you have hmm. power in the game
1: yeah and i just remember that's like it's not the only game i felt like this but it the the level was just like such a satisfying yeah. i think. so i just remember playing that like, just being able to like just release whatever like emotions or whatever kind of issues and playing that game just feeling better yeah, afterwards 100 no, especially um,
0: if you like beat a valkyrie or whatever and it's like oh my god
1: oh yeah i yeah. have the biggest <laughs> territory do, rush
0: ever <laughs>
1: yeah exactly and there was certain moments where like you'd have an enemy and you'd both be down to like low mm-hmm. health and then, I remember moments where like, you'd go in for a hit and you weren't sure who got the last hit and then you, it was you. Like, um, it's like amazing, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I remember um, beating
0: a Valkyrie, but I died at the exact same time and it was literally the most mortifying experience. Ooh. It scarred me. I had to turn the game off for like a good, a good hour. <laughs> and so just walk away. I was away. so yeah. mad.
1: <laughs> I feel that. Um, but it, but even more recently, with, um, so we did a, a live stream a deep dive recently on Psychonauts 2. Mm-hmm um which I'm playing and I love the original uh and really enjoying this one and it, it it gets me to think about sort of mental health issues for for myself. There's like lessons I'm trying to take from the characters as well. And I think I mean it's a factor of just an amazingly well designed uh game that that takes on this issue very in a very creative and well done way. But also since the pandemic and being more aware of like my own mental health and uh and viewing it from that context as well so it it's definitely been something that i'm i'm more uh, aware of and uh i'm not haven't been the best at it but sort of trying to do better to work on
0: again i mean easier said than done it's hard
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and, and
0: I don't want ever people to think that it's just super easy to be like oh I'm just gonna do these three simple steps and feel better my depression mm. is cured because <laughs> it's not like yeah, that <laughs> not. I work for a mental health charity it's it's hard <laughs> uh, and mm. I feel like everyone's had their own journeys to go through that especially during the pandemic and, and now with this weird like in the middle stage where no one really knows what's going on and it's just still a bit chaotic um yeah but yeah it's a it's a weird one i i personally find different stories of where sometimes where i don't i would you would never experience it in real life like god of war like the last of us where it's just like oh i can just fall into another world for like three hours and totally zone out of whatever's going on in my life right now which Mm -hmm. is really valuable Mm -hmm. Um because yeah. you're like actively engaging your brain in, in doing something else instead of like I don't know about you, but like if you're watching TV but you're kind of half-eye on your phone and you're like, oh, maybe I should be doing this, or <laughs> I'll just check an email.
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know what that's <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: So I feel like it just forces you to actually focus on something, but
1: that's a good point. Um, yeah, it does. You're very present. It makes you very present. Yeah,
0: I think so. Unless like I've I've been playing Dying Light recently and it's oh, okay. um it's, I, I quite enjoy it. I really like the first one. Um, but I find myself, as soon as they go into dialogue, I'm just like checking Twitter, <laughs> which is probably really bad. Okay.
1: Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's not a great sign. But um,
1: Yeah, I don't know what that says about... I don't know if it says about you or the story. <laughs> I, don't or but, I don't know. Maybe it's <laughs> I'm me. Sure. I'm terrible. Says something though. I'm like, oh, yes. i got to
0: focus on someone talking? No, I just want to jump around no, and like yeah. jump kick people. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess just before um, we kind of wrap up, I wanted to ask what you what your plans are for the future. Like, what do you think is next?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. big, so, question. Uh, big question. <laughs> what what is what do I have planned next? That um, you can talk about. I mean, in a in the more immediate future, lunch. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so same. I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, got big plans for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think. So, looking ahead. Um, to, to the year because we're still relatively early, and it's like that. Um, you're looking at plans that want to unfold. So, I think with the campaign specifically, um, we've now sort of spotlighted each of the 40. We've got the, the website up so people can check that out. Uh, we're now moving to like the sort of, like I mentioned, opportunities for raising awareness and development mm-hmm. um, into a few events. So, we have uh, three key events that we're working on, which is uh, Careers Roundtable, sort of aimed at. Um, like young people but also like families are hoping we can get sort of parents to come down and hear sort of games professionals talk about video games as a career um, then moving on to a family games design jam so again looking with the emphasis on families friends and families to uh, come and do some tabletop game design uh, and nice. sort of learn about the design mechanics uh, from that perspective and make that sort of more accessible by focusing on tabletop versus video games specifically. but obviously, sort of the same principles can apply uh, from one to the other. Uh, and then a networking event, so. Like I mentioned, work experience and working with young people. Uh, I've currently got a few interns uh, with me as part of the uh, Kickstart scheme and uh, had a few last year. And just in speaking with people, networking seems to be one that comes up in terms of like, how do we do this? And not having the confidence. But then me, even like me personally, realizing like when I went from working as a software engineer to sort of focusing on entrepreneurship and building a business is how important it is and how many opportunities I've just got <laughs> just through uh, through networking uh with people and yeah how important is so we want to make an event that can help sort of demystify that and, and help young people build confidence in terms of networking with peers and also professionals yeah
0: that's so hard because I feel like as someone quite new to the industry it's very difficult if you don't already have people who know people to tap into those relationships and, and network for yeah. you almost in a way it's really difficult to just go up and approach someone at an event and be like, hi, <laughs> I'm Rosie. Mm, yeah, Can I talk to I you? Do, yeah exactly. Is, it's yeah. stressful, especially if like I have huge anxiety anyway, but like the thought of that makes me want to vomit. <laughs>
1: it is terrible. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get because I'm I consider myself an introvert. I'm happy just not talking. Um, two, <laughs> two people says the guy with a podcast was and,
0: say and that, was like yeah. <laughs> public
1: speaking. I know it's, it's a weird I'm a weird no, contribution But <laughs>
0: I I'm like I am a huge introvert, but I will happily like jump on panels and do a podcast as well. But like when it comes to just talking, I'm like yeah, I'm good. I'll just backseat, you know.
1: And that's the thing, yeah. But then it, it's and you know I go back to this idea of like particularly for those from underrepresented backgrounds because if you're not if you're not in if people like you aren't in. Mm-hmm where's that network going to come yeah. from? It's not, not to say like your network will only exist of people who, who are like you, but often that's a good place to yeah. start. So if you don't even have that, you're not going to get those opportunities because the people that are already in, they have their networks and their go to. So like, oh, this job's coming up. Oh, I, I know someone, someone like me has hey, <laughs> uh, come in. So you kind of, yeah, we want to be able to get people to be comfortable doing that network thing with people like them, but then also... With people who aren't like them, because I mean, I don't don't see how anyone can do anything without interacting with someone who doesn't share their perspective in life for for better or for worse. You might not like everyone you have to work with, but yeah. So building that up as well.
0: I love that. That's so important, Um, and I I think it sounds great, especially as well when you mentioned about um, the family. Like a roundtable, or no, not roundtable. um mm. the the talk about getting professionals to talk to families about yes. it. I think that's so interesting because I, I reckon a lot of parents who really don't understand the games industry that might put a lot of reassurance in them to understand that there's actually loads of career pathways within games, so,
1: exactly. Yeah. I think that's all it is. It's just, yeah, because I as a parent I'm not a parent, sorry, that I've worded that really badly. <laughs> I'm not a parent. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, let's let's you... take a step. Yeah, let's take though. a step back.. <laughs> um, so uh, if I put my, my mind in, in that of a parent thinking, I have my frame of reference as to what constitutes a stable, profitable career. Mm-hmm but we're not in that world yeah. <laughs> anymore. So it's about how do you get them to understand that today video games is massive that are careers in there and it's only going to grow. So it it's something to yeah to to work on for sure.
0: Amazing. Ah, I I like this is great. I've had such a good time talking about this stuff with you. Like, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on.
1: <laughs> no, thank you for uh, having me cuz well, we also have a podcast and it's, it's nice to go on other people's podcasts because i don't have to set it's really up. fun so just, isn't it
0: you feel like so yeah. much less pressure just show up. Know. i've been during this it's whole all. thing i've been like Craig still recording right oh my god yeah it's fine it's fine don't worry it's all yeah. good <laughs> this is stressful like <laughs> or like my biggest fear i don't know if you get this as soon as you get the the link to download it you're like oh it's gonna be corrupted isn't it or like i'm gonna forget oh, to download yeah. it because that's happened before and um, that's happened to me it as well is the saddest thing <laughs> luckily for me it was it wasn't it didn't happen to me I had downloaded it uh, and my colleague had forgotten to and he was like I'm so sorry we've lost the podcast and I was like "Ha ah, <laughs> you got it actually <laughs> yeah. I have good news for you but yeah it is it is a horrible feeling <laughs> mm, but um oh, but where, where can people find you online and your podcast and the campaign
1: yeah, uh, so we have our website, mymada.com, that's M-A-Y-A-M-A-D-A.com for those that are interested particularly in uh, our manga, but there are also links to our social uh, media, so we're mymada on Twitter and Facebook, if anyone's still using Facebook, um, but we're also on Instagram, My TV. Um I started a TikTok account, uh, is there anything on it? I don't know. <laughs> but um, there but might be. <laughs> Yeah, and eventually there will be. So, you know, if you like suspense, you can (laughs) uh, follow us on TikTok. Um, And then we have our uh, Story X Story podcast, where we talk about stories across pop culture. Uh, So it's a mix of deep dives, discussions, and creative interviews with different people in comics, in uh, film and TV, and video games, uh, obviously. Um, So we have that um, as well. Um, and in Twitch because we uh, do stuff on Twitch uh, since the pandemic, I've had to learn all that stuff. So <laughs> I'm just um, about to start my journey. My I'm going to
0: need you to help me a little. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, I'm,
1: yeah, I can I can offer what little I know. <laughs> I'm leaning on Tazzy, so Tazzy, <laughs> who is uh, my co-host and a big part of the sort of gamepad and my matter team. She is she's actually someone who's a streamer and has been streaming before oh, the pandemic. I'm doing it because I have to. <laughs> so I'm doing what I can.
0: No, you're smashing it. And just to confirm, you do have two videos on your TikTok, and I've just followed you.
1: But there are two videos of Tazzy, aren't
0: yeah, there?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I think I gave her the login. I was like, you know, you know what you're doing. You do this. <laughs> yes.
0: oh, thank you so much. This has been a delight. <laughs>
1: cool no i appreciate you uh, you have no, it's,
0: it's been lovely um and and for those listening if you're struggling there's there's a lot of support out there um and if you're looking for somewhere to start please do visit our website at safeonourworld.org to find a list of global helplines as well as a lot of information and check below for all of the links that nigel has so kindly explained as well because uh you should definitely go and check those out he's amazing um but thank you so much for tuning into this episode of safe space and we'll see you next time